Today was obviously an important day uh, going into our bye week. Uh, you know, getting you know a victory against a good, disciplined uh, Kansas team uh, that's been playing very well. Uh, again, winning's hard you know, against anyone. Just uh, our, our fans today were just terrific. Uh, they were just great, man. From the walk of champions to um, you know helping us win today, yeah, it was cool to see that. And again, I know there's sacrifice for everybody. And um, it's hard, you know, again, there's that, you know, where the rubber meets the road, where they want to stay loyal and continue to be passionate about, you know, your team, even uh, when we're not exactly where we all want us to be. And uh, so I just, I love seeing that. Yeah, there you go. Brent Venables. Oh, you needed that win to get some momentum. Does uh, anyone feel any momentum now? A few days after that win over KU? OU sitting at four and three on the season, first conference. You're definitely feeling better than last week, Travis. Can you uh, accurately put into words how much better you and the fan base, uh, how, how much better everyone feels versus a week ago? It feels a pretty big difference. Yeah, absolutely. It feels a big difference. I think uh, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, the run game, carrying, I mean, nearly 300 yards on the ground, even when you're out, Marcus Major. And then Dylan, you know, dotting up the Jayhawks and recognizing early and Levy recognizing early, hey, we're going to come up, we're going to take a shot down the field first, and then if they're going to play soft, we're just going to throw everything underneath. So uh, I, I think I think going forward, if we'd have seen something, A, if we'd have not seen Dylan back there, or, or if we would have seen Dylan miss throws like he was at TCU, uh, then I think there would have been cause for, uh, you know, even more concern, but no, I, I think uh, I think I'm as optimistic as as I've been in the last you know three and a half weeks. I yeah, guess. I mean, definitely more optimistic <laughs> than the past three and a half weeks. I found something uh, interesting on this team today, and just kind of looking through some numbers uh, through seven weeks. I had the question out on the uh, on the Twitter page today: Who's been the MVP so far throughout the first seven games? So I was just kind of. You know, going through the Big 12 stats, seeing if I could find something interesting. And I, I feel like I did. I, I don't know how surprising it's going to be to OU fans because I definitely think that we've all seen it be a lot better and a lot more consistent than previous years. But people feel a certain way about the defense, and I think that that's fair. I think there is an optimism now when people talk about the OU offense. But we've been complaining about special teams for several years now. Like, when is OU going to emphasize that? When are they going to start making big plays with that? When is special teams going to start being a thing? And judging by the numbers through seven games, Travis, like, in all areas, the special teams has been it's been pretty good this year. Uh, you're 6-7 on field goals through the first seven games of the year. I think you'll definitely take that. 31-31 uh, for 31 on PATs this year. You are the number one punting team in the conference up to this point, which, yes, you don't want to have to punt maybe as many times as OU's had up to this point, but clearly Turks, uh, you know, average per punt has been really good this year. But even in the return game, man, um, Farouk is number two overall in the conference in kickoff returns with a 27.2-yard average. 
uh, as a team, you were the number five overall team in terms of kickoff returns in the conference. You're the number two team in the conference in punt returns. Like you get the point. Like every facet of special teams through seven games ranks pretty high within the Big Twelve right now. That's I, I wasn't surprised to see that the special teams has been better, but I was a little bit surprised to see that in all areas it it ranks pretty high in the league. Yeah, and, and, you know, Jay Nunez is, is putting a huge emphasis on that, and Brent Venables obviously uh, trusting him with that. It's just nice to see it returned. And I'll tell you what, Tyler, it should be better. And I know that sounds crazy because, you know, as you read, we're, we are definitely near the top or at the top at a lot of things. But when you think Billy Bowman, when, when you see the ball in Billy Bowman's hand, you're thinking, okay, this guy, this guy can score. Like, this guy's a dynamic playmaker. Well, he's been out for, you know, a few games, and, he you know, hopefully he'll be back after the bye week. But that definitely, uh, I think, watching the TCU game, you know, Farouk had some big returns, but I think you, you know, you put the ball in Billy's hands and have that same blocking and coverage, he might house that. Uh, and, and I think when it comes to Turk, uh, I was having a discussion with somebody the other day. I, I think there are a lot of touchbacks that, are kind of unnecessary, right? Like, we need the ball to bounce a certain way. We need to, you know, have a guy down there to catch it or something like that. I think there's something that maybe we can do directionally punting or maybe if Turk wants to put it on the 10 and and make it, you know, even give the guys a chance to get a couple bounces. I think he's so dialed in to landing it, like, inside the two that I think we're having some touchbacks when uh, – when we might have an opportunity to get better field position. Uh, yeah, but and, again, and they had an opportunity in that Texas game to down one inside the two-yard line, and it just wasn't – the ball wasn't caught. <laughs> it went into it, the end it, zone, it, you know? Exa- exactly, and, and that's the thing. I don't think you should have to rely on your gunners to get down there and catch the ball like wide yeah. receivers as if they're the returners, you know, down on the one-yard line and track the ball and everything like that. But that is being extremely nitpicky, Tyler, and I totally get that. But when you're – when you're good at something, you can allow for nitpicking. Being like, you know, we I would have never nitpicked last year. I was like, oh god, I don't know. I'd like to see somebody not fair catch it. I'd like to see something not result in you know a touchback. Now it's like, okay, we're good. Imagine if we were just a touch better because you know the the momentum you can get from a special teams play is like nothing else. Yeah. Well, Michael Turk has punted more than anybody in the conference this year, which is is not great. Um, and, and granted, only Iowa State. Texas and Kansas have played the same number of games that you've had this year. Only had one. Only had one against Kansas. So yeah, yeah. That Texas game, I think, did a lot of the lifting in that stat. But yeah, that's true. He had forty-five point two yards per punt right now, which leads the conference. But I'll tell you why that is important. All the numbers that I just read: the punting's really good. The field goal kicking's been, I think, maybe better than expected, at least for me. And the returns have been pretty good as well. Here's why that's important. And all of you out there are smart football fans. You know that a special teams is a a very crucial third part of the game. Well, do we all expect games moving forward this year to be close? Because I do. And judging by the point spreads, I think that we should all expect moving forward that whether it's the Iowa State game or the Oklahoma State game or the West Virginia game or any other game they play down the stretch, it's going to be a close game. And the margin for error is pretty slim with this team right now, especially with the way that they're playing defensively. So might there be a scenario from here on out where special teams wins you a game? 
Well, if it continues to be as good as it's been up to this point, maybe there is a scenario, Travis, where special teams helps win you a game. And wouldn't that be the first time in a long time that we could probably say that? Oh, absolutely. We've lost we've lost our fair share of uh, uh, games due to other teams making uh, special plays, game-changing type plays uh, on special teams. And as I've said kind of throughout the offseason and in through the season, it's it's so important to be good in all three phases of the game and at least pay attention to special teams because you're right, Tyler, in close games, I mean, t- take it from a Vikings fan, man. We keep winning all these close games on field goals, this, that, or the other. Well, last year we were losing all the close games, and there's nothing more frustrating than thinking, oh, man, you know, you, you a kick to win it, oh, missed a kick. Oh, man, gave up a big return like you talk about the Kansas State game. We gave up that monster return after we had tied it up 14-14. Boom, they took momentum right back from us. Um, you, you know, you, you, uh, you know, kick it through the end zone there or maybe stop them at the 20. And, uh, and and maybe that game goes differently. I know there are a lot of factors in that, but it's special Special teams are just so important. That's the reason they're called special, Tyler. Yeah. So, um, you know, Marvin Mims wasn't, you know, he, he didn't show up in the best punt returners in the conference. Like, as a team, they're number two overall in punt returns. I, uh, I think he's still pretty good in that. He just – does it seem to you that he hasn't gotten very many opportunities since that Nebraska game? Because in the Nebraska game, he had a couple of nice uh, punt returns, but since then, it's been all fair catches, and no one wants to put the ball in in 17's hands more than they have to, which is probably a smart way to go about uh, punting it to the guy. Well, part of that is we we you know since Nebraska, we really haven't made many people punt. So, <laughs> true. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, you can only return punts if they're punting the ball, right, Tyler? So, I mean, with that, yeah, he's. It, his talent flashes, right? I mean, it's it's obviously there. He's a guy that can take it back. He, he's shifty, makes the first man miss so often. Um, there are a couple times where I think uh, you know he'll he'll fair catch it, but Tyler, it's I think a lot of it is you got to get the ball in these guys' hands, right? Like Marvin Mims specifically. I I'm not sure how many listeners know this, but Marvin Mims has now matched his season reception total from a year ago. 2021 he had 32 receptions now he has 32 receptions on the year after a career high nine receptions uh, against Kansas now nine receptions against Kansas on umpteen targets and if you combined Tyler Kansas State TCU and Texas he had nine catches combined in those three losses so you get Marvin Mims the ball a lot seems like a pretty easy recipe yeah 32 32 catches on the year and I say that and, and, and tie it to the punting because you get the ball in these guys' hands and, and they get in that rhythm, I think they're far more likely to not wave one off, right? I think that ball's coming in and he's like, hey, you know what? I've got some good momentum. I'm in some good rhythm. Let's go. Let's go get some field position because I know when I get you know to the sideline after this punt, they're going to send me and they're going to throw me the ball. So he, I think that kind of stuff matters. Yeah, I think he. Uh, I think I saw today. Mims is third overall in the conference right now in receptions. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, who dropped a wide open touchdown uh-huh. to beat Texas last week, is uh, number one in the league by a wide margin. And I think Mims couldn't, couldn't is, just uh, catch three. one more. God, just I catch know. One more. I know. It's so it would have been the perfect weekend, Tyler. I mean. <sighs> 
with, with everybody else, you know, going down. I mean, oh, man, that would have been fantastic. Zach Erickson says, I don't think Billy Bowman returns kicks when he gets back. Farouk keeps it. That may be true yeah, this year. That could that could totally be true, and especially, you know, from a health perspective. But I just I – just, I just think it looks different with with Billy with the ball in his hands. It it looks like every time he touches it, he could take it the distance. Where whereas, you know, Jaleel's you know a bit more physical, um, and, and I don't think you know you saw Jaleel's great run, our longest play offensive play of the day against Texas, and he was shedding you know blockers, tacklers, everything. And I think you get a lot of that with Jaleel, but whereas Billy, I think I think Billy's the the home run guy. Gunny of Stutzman's Army, over the last five years, we've lost a lot more games than we've won on special teams. And sadly, Gunny, that is a very, very accurate statement uh, that you just made. Uh, the Georgia game, you think, uh, we don't need to relive all those games. We, we all yeah, know geez, the games, geez, all right? Geez, it's a, yeah, it's a good day today, all right? Goodness gracious. You just had United you just, Way Day today. <laughs> it's United geez. Way Day today. We're trying, trying to, to spread us. the good vibes there. We're trying to let you know how you can uh, participate and help out United Way. Because, hey, the ref, for several years now, as long as I can remember, 100% participation here at the station, donating to uh, United Way. That's a very, very important cause for us. And we're going to have a couple interviews throughout the day of uh, letting you know how you can get involved with United Way, what they do, where your money goes. They are an awesome Awesome, awesome organization. Love those guys. Uh, love every single one of them, and their stories are incredible. They are incredible, and I can't wait to hear uh, some of those as the uh, as the show goes on. Let me read a uh, couple texts before we hit uh, an opening timeout here. Let's see. There are still a couple of things uh, lacking in the special teams area. We do not rush the punter or field goal kicker. We set back for returns on punts and look too concerned about fake field goals. There is no rush to bro- uh, to block either one. I'm not going to hammer them too much that they haven't blocked a uh, punt or a field goal. But here is another thing uh, for special teams. And I know that they didn't cap off that drive with a score, but they're one for one on fake field goals this year. That one worked out in the Cotton Bowl, huh? Yep, first down. 100% conversion rate on first downs. And I get that, Tyler. I mean, there's... There's something to be said for being aggressive and trying going, trying to go after a punt or a kick, but I'm sure there's a method to their madness. I'm sure it's not just because they are, you know, laying down or they're pansies or anything. You know what I mean? It's it's very much, you know, people are more aggressive now. People are willing to take chances against us, as they always have. And yeah, I mean, we saw what our own fake could do momentum-wise, again, if we cash in on it. But, you know, how many kicks are you really going to block? How many punts are you really going to block? Versus if you stop a fake, man, that that, that changes momentum entirely. 918, I think Marvin Mims uh, fits better returning kicks and Farouk fits better in punts. The most important ingredient is just to not muff the punts, and Marvin Mims has done a great job with that. I don't know. I, I would kind of flip it. I think Marvin Mims is a good punt returner. He's been good when he's gotten opportunities this year, and I think Farouk is very good as a kickoff returner. It, I bet Farouk is probably really good as a punt returner as well, and maybe we'll find that out in the future if uh, Mims elects to uh, roll to the NFL after this season. We'll see. Hey, um, just, just kind of a, a quick random question. And when I ask you this as we go into break, 
You know that I want uh, the opinions of everyone on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This is just kind of a wellness check. I am curious where everyone sits today. Like, if you had to guess what the overall mood of the fan base is right now, like, how would you how would you kind of say how and what Sooner fans are feeling right now during the middle of this bye week? You know, I I, th- I think it's I think it's the general mood is is optimistic. I think I think they watched a team that was able to score at will and win the game while playing guys like, you know, RSJ and, you know, Gavin Freeman, Javante Barnes, CJ Colden. Like, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to knock those guys. I'm saying those guys haven't gotten a lot of snaps um, so far. Uh, obviously, Javante's gotten gotten plenty. But getting young guys in, getting guys like CJ Colden in, and just getting some new faces in, maybe moving Woody around at safety. I think you're seeing, I think you're seeing a team that can win games with the offense while the defense – still has time to develop. And I'll tell you what, I see a fan base Tyler that's ready for a bye week. <laughs> well, that's it's been a it's been a roller coaster of a first half of the season. Yeah, time. that has. I'm just interested with the overall mood of the OU fan base is right now. If you've got thoughts, four oh five six five one thirty four thirty nine on the Air Comfort Solutions line. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line I should say. Uh, but it is United Way Day. That is right. We're gonna let you know all day today how you can give to United Way all of the cool um, organizations that they provide uh, resources to. It's, uh, it's awesome. United Way Day right here on The Ref. We will roll on next. More to come right here on the Homo Sooner Fans. It's time to up your game with the latest in ref gear and let the world know you're part of the ref army. Visit the ref store at kref.com for hats, sweatshirts, ref-branded T-shirts, and exclusive T-shirts like our Ban 11 a.m. kickoff shirt. Breathe if you hate Texas shirt or the brand new I'm All In Team 128 shirt. Wear what we wear and get your ref gear at kref.com today. This Halloween, don't get tricked. Go to the people who know how to treat you right. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. The new 2022 GMC Canyon. Or the bigger, restyled new 2022 Sierra Heavy Duty. Equipped with all the treats for your needs. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. I'm inside the Brad O'Haver Studios. Travis is in Eufaula, Oklahoma at Flamingo Fish and Marine. What's going on out there? Oh, you know, just uh, again, gazing on their over $1 million, closer to I think $1.5 million worth of inventory um, here at uh, Flamingo Fish Marine, uh, just one block away from uh, Selman Road uh, down here in Eufaula, of course. And, yeah, they've got a little bit of everything. they got live bait. they got uh, every rod and reel and clothing for every uh, every temperature. Kind of like uh, today, you know, woke up, it's like 30 degrees, and now it's uh, it's T-shirt and shorts weather. So, uh, you know, you, you can come and get outfitted for all of it. So, yeah, just uh, hanging out up here. They've been great partners to us, and yeah. you know, hooking up uh, a lot of the NIL stuff, and and just and just really uh, really good folks over here. So uh, happy to happy to be out here again. And you follow. I uh, asked the text line going into the break, like, kind of where everyone is, you know, optimism wise at this point in the year after everything. Uh, let's see. So many texts on this. Offensively speaking, way more optimistic than any previous time this year. Defensively. 
a little less optimistic than after Kent State. See good things at times, but mental breakdowns are worrisome. Overall optimistic, we, we can win some shootouts. I think that's a pretty good... That's a pretty good way to go about it. Let, let me ask you this, and like what they said about the offense, way more optimistic than any previous time this year. Is this year's offense better than last year's offense? And you can look at it at this time last year or any other time last year, but would you take this year's offense over last year's? Because I, I think I would. Marvin Mims certainly would. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say with Dylan, obviously. Um, yes, I would. I think – I think we run the ball well. I think uh, the offensive line is is gelling at the right time. Uh, I think we've got a lot of uh, depth. And I'll tell you what, Braden Willis has been yeah, yes. a man. He leads the team in touchdown uh, receptions. I mean, who would have thought that through this many games? He leads the team. He's tied for the team lead in total touchdowns, uh, you know, rushing and receiving. And he's been out blocking everybody. He's played quarterback when he's had to. He's thrown a touchdown, ran the Wildcat, was the only successful offense we had against Texas. So, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, obviously you're seeing what, what Caleb can do out at, out at USC. Um, Caleb, for all the memes and everything like that, when you watch him, Caleb's wildly talented. We can, we can say what we want about how, you know, Lincoln left, about how Caleb left, but – Caleb's Caleb's a really 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 talented player. So, um, but but Dylan, man, this last game especially, man, timely throws, in rhythm throws, and and he had this run game, man. It's just nothing to sneeze at. Tana says, totally relieved that we didn't lose outs. Excited about the future and happy with the quarterback play. Uh, let's see. Kendall says, realizing I had way too high of expectations for Team One Twenty Eight. Predicted an undefeated regular season, Big 12 champs, and college football playoff berth. Boy, I was wrong. Maybe it's time to have zero expectations, and whatever happens, just roll with it. Uh, Not sure as a whole, but I'm pumped, says Sooner Gary. And I can't read the second half of that text, Travis, but it's exactly what Muleshoe said at the uh, podium Saturday night after the loss to Utah, which sounded like this. I'm ready to go practice right now. So... If you listen to the rush enough this week, you know exactly what he said. That was the second half of uh, Sooner Gary's text there. Low expectations for the rest of the year. Any win or wins will be a bonus. Big Bad Wolf says, I have thoughts. There's a donkey roaming Southern California. This sounds like a job for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. KO that fool. So, as, as you would have expected, we're kind of all over the place with that question. Optimism. Right, right, and, and and I think it it falls in line with the all too familiar, you know, sooner uh, uh, mindsets and moods over the last, you know, better part of a decade now. It feels like is offense is good. You're gonna have to win some shootouts, you know, and the defense is gonna struggle. The only difference, Tyler, I think, is it seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel with the defense now. It, this isn't a situation where it's like, oh, the same old players every year just can't get it done. The calls are bad. All this, that, or the other. No, like. You you can tell like there's a there's a roadmap to how they want to improve the defense, and I think that's caused for a lot more optimism. You've got far more established defensive coaches on that side of the ball, and as your head coach, uh, so yeah, win some shootouts. But at the same time, you know, instead of 
you know, 52-42. Let's go 52-35, you know, 52-28. Let's, let's, let's keep that offensive production where it's at, but then continue to back down, uh, you know, the, the opposition score. Two more. Yes, the offense is better simply because I have confidence that Lebby could figure out a counter to uh, rush three, drop eight. Well, we're going to figure out, uh, on what, the next time that OU plays a game against Iowa State, his counter to rush three, drop eight, if, in the, if they can run the ball against it. Because you're going to see that against Iowa State in Ames, and I'm interested to see if this offense can kind of, you know, keep that momentum, you know, moving forward after that game against Kansas. Like, I, I, like this bye week comes at a great time, I feel like, for this team, Travis, just kind of for the overall development of things. Like, definitely defensively, right? This bye week comes at a good time. But oh, yeah. it, on the offensive side, I'd, I'd like that offense to kind of keep rolling. And, and hopefully they like just pick up right where they left off when they go to Ames. But I don't know, like two weeks coming off, you know, playing their best offensive game. I guess on the offensive side, I wouldn't mind if they're playing on Saturday to kind of keep that momentum rolling. Oh, yeah. I mean, the momentum, sure. But I think, you know, we, we had heard things about, you know, this team is tired. They've gone now to more of a uh, – uh, you know, the ones are getting only a few reps in practice and they're spending a lot of the time with the twos and just doing kind of mental reps with the ones. Um, you know, with with the offensive line, uh, this texture said a great old 918 rod. Uh, the biggest difference in this team now is the offensive line. They just keep getting better, and that is going to be a problem for the remaining teams. TCU beat Kansas, but OU dominated and overwhelmed them on offense. Could have had 900 yards. That is true, Tyler. When obviously, the offensive line is really gelling right now, and them getting healthy is important because um, they play a lot of snaps. This isn't a situation where, uh, you know, a wide receiver comes in and out of the game or anything like that. Like, the offensive line, they largely play all the snaps together. And OU had, like, 100 snaps on Saturday, they had exactly right? exactly 100 snaps. Jeez. They only gave up one sack on 43 dropbacks, Tyler. That's impressive. And then when you think about, I mean, the holes, you could have put one of these boats through some of the holes. I mean, Especially on the second touchdown run of the, the, you know, the one got called back on a phantom hold by Chris Murray, and then he just says, "Oh, okay, cool, move me back. I'm gonna do it again," and uh, and Eric Gray goes ahead and scores. The holes were massive. So you average uh, what 5.2 yards a carry on 57 carries, Tyler, and uh, and then you only give up one sack on 43 dropbacks. The offensive line. Is, is really doing some nice things. Yeah, no, hey, and I said it on Monday. I, I said it with you after the, the game on Saturday. I feel really good about where this run game is at because of the offensive line, because of Eric Gray, because of Javante Barn. I mean, because of all of it, I feel good about the run game. But at the same time, like we're going to see how far this run game, how far it's really come in the next, what, few weeks or so because the top three teams in the league against the run defensively, Iowa State is one, West Virginia is two, and Baylor is three, which that's your next three games, right? Iowa State, West Virginia, and Baylor. Like, if this run game is legit, if it's a lot better, and I think it is a lot better than what we saw earlier this year, it's going to show up against those three teams and be able to run the ball. Now, Travis, I don't expect them necessarily to average 300 yards a game on the ground against those three teams, but... If this offensive line is better, and I think they are, like let, let's see it against the three best teams against the run in the conference. Yeah, and, and you mentioned those three teams. Oklahoma State's best part of their defense is that deep, talented defensive line. So, to your point, they're definitely going to have some tests 
moving forward. But I think you know you you get to you know develop that that depth a little bit in practice. So if anything does happen, because that's that's what offensive line comes down to, right? Is you've got to be a unit, right? And and I think them getting more more and more reps together, at least in games. I mean. It, it's definitely helpful. Uh, I, I've got to read a text from Fish because yeah. I'm here at Flamingo Fish and Marine. You, you have to read that one. So I'm contractually obligated. Um, Fish here, he says, bright spots in younger guys bode well for the future on defense. More optimism for defensive long-term than ever before. And I, I, I totally agree. When you see when you see RSJ get in there and absolutely decleat Jason Bean, uh, on the sideline, you saw Kip Lewis and RSJ combine for a tackle for loss uh, last week against Texas. Again, you see new faces getting in there, and just a lot to be excited about. Although I'm, I'm a bit worried, Tyler, um, about the linebacker depth because we're seeing a lot of Guaybu and Sean White and those guys out there. But where you see other guys come in in the in the secondary. Um, specifically and along the defensive line, it seems like those linebackers are, 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 are not rotating at all. And I know that, you know, you lose specifically T.D. Roof that was going to play a lot, Shane Witters obviously out. But, I mean, you have to protect the red shirts, I suppose, of, of Kip and Kobe because that was your, your plan all along. But, you know, I know the text line's about to detonate with, you know, Canik. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but, but it, is, it is interesting, Tyler, because as you start to rotate those guys in, you look, and is it maybe that, hey, those linebackers are the ones calling the defense and you need the experience more so out there on the communication side? Because uh, Deshaun White, you know, had a pick and then nearly had or nearly had a pick and then had one, uh, played a good game. He's actually had a, a real good season. He so, really has, yeah. I mean, so, but I would have liked to see a little bit, and again, it's nitpicking at this point, but I would have loved to see a little bit more young talent get in on the linebacker core. But to Fish's point, long-term optimism on the defense, I think that runs pretty rampant throughout Sooner Nation. You know what's interesting? Every time we talk about the young guys playing defensively, we talk about Canick, RSJ, like all the all the names that you just mentioned there. And, and those are definitely worthy of a conversation. But you know who else I consider young guys? Especially because a couple of them are like, you know, really first-time full starters. How about Ethan Downs? How about Danny Stutzman? How about Billy Bowman? Like, those are going to be very important pieces of your defense of your defense moving forward. So, hey, I'm about getting Canick more reps defensively and RSJ and those other true freshmen that you're talking about. But some of these sophomores need more and more reps as well. And those three oh, guys I, in particular, you know? I couldn't agree more. And when you look at kind of, you know, some, some really good defenses and, and kind of the best defenses, they always have a stud at each level of the defense. You got one along the defensive line. You got one in the linebacking core, and you got one in the secondary. Uh, you know, Down Stutzman and, and, and Billy Bowman, they they have as good a chance as any to be kind of that next trio of uh, you know the the three layers of studs. So yeah, they, some more reps. Again, it's their first time in this defense too, and they've been battling some injuries. Ethan Downs obviously has been battling a little bit of injury. Um, Billy Bowman has been out multiple games with an injury, so. You know, those are valuable reps, and Tyler, when they talk about bowl games, I know after the Texas game we were wondering if we'd ever win a game in Norman, Oklahoma again, but, you know, a bowl game is in sight. You just got to yep. win a couple more games, and Tyler, what that brings with it is 15 more practices in a in a day and age where the coaches don't get a lot of time with their players versus 
you know, back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, where they had a ton of time with their players. Now every little bit of practice is so valuable. You add 15 bowl practices on top of the time that they're having to spend with them now, or getting to spend with them now. I mean, that's valuable, valuable development that happens there. That's why a bowl game is so important to us. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. More to come next. Construction bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance, and a whole lot more. Give Cavens a call today, 405 573 3048. Tulsa, Cavens is here to serve you as well. 918 282 7612 or cavensconstruction.com for uh, all the awesome projects they do here in the Norman community. And beyond. So you and I before today hadn't spoken since what about four o'clock on Saturday doing the post game show. You have any uh, lasting like last final thoughts coming out of that KU game, other than the fact that at least to me there were a surprising amount of KU fans that made their way to Norman. Yeah, uh, there were. Uh, they were all over the place, and you know it makes it easy when you know there's such a stark different color. Um, of blue they're really easy to see you know what I thought the fan base actually really showed up and showed up well we've heard from Caden McDonald saying that uh, the fans really showed out and were really loud all the way from the walk of champions all the way through the game uh, Brent Venables had touched on it so that's what I was kind of worried about Tyler was you know 11 a.m. you both. it's homecoming but man you're coming off three losses Kansas isn't typically a hot ticket you know it's it would have been easy for I mean I know a lot of people myself that you know kind of kind of phoned it in on that one a little bit or we're trying to give away their tickets on on twitter or whatnot but you get into the stadium and it looked good you know the student section was a little light uh, but you know tyler homecoming you know they're, they're doing all that pumping and everything like that that you know staying up all hours of the night doing doing that so you know i don't i, I give the student section a, a part of a pass i should say um, this week, but tell you what, we got another 11 a.m. game. Uh, you know, fifth Rooster of the kids. year, baby, hey, and it ain't I, the hey, last one. I can uh, I know assure I, you that. Again, I know this is not a popular take, but road 11 a.m.s I really like because look, I mean, you're not having to host recruits because that's really when it screws up uh, the 11 a.m. kickoffs because they've got to be, you know, at the Switzer Center by 9 a.m. and it's really tough if you're recruiting a kid that lives on one of the coasts or something like that or far away because it's like, man, they won't get home from their Friday night game until maybe midnight, and then they've got to figure out how to get all the way to the Switzer Center in nine hours from wherever they live. So, um, anyways, the home 11 a.m. games, not that much of a fan. But, man, give me the away 11 a.m., man. You get, you, get to, you get to find out whether you win or lose, and then you can appropriately talk crap the rest of the day 
you know, if if you lose, you kind of ooh, you're a little. You Especially know, if it's kinda... a good college football Saturday. Like last Saturday was a great college football Saturday. Oh, the man. slate was awesome, and the well, games the, and, lived and, up to it. And we got to sit and, and watch games, all those games. They, it was cool. Even the games, like obviously your Alabama Tennessee game was insane. Uh, the TCU OSU game, OSU blew a huge lead uh, against the Horned Frogs. Um, your your late game, your your Pac-12 after dark uh, delivered for OU fans especially. Um, but the, but there were good games all over, man. There was good football being played. Even even Texas Texas and Iowa State coming down to uh, uh, you know that drop and yeah, just just really good football. And I'll tell you what, Tyler. I know we talked about it preseason, but I think the Big Twelve is even tighter than we would have imagined. We talked about, man, this is you know it's a good it's a good conference this year. You know, there's going to be some teams that that scare you a little bit. But I think most of us were talking about Kansas State. They were kind of the sexy pick. To be that surprise, no one saw team. TCU. Nobody saw TCU. Very few people did. You know, so nobody saw TCU, but Kansas State is still good. Nobody's. I mean, like nobody saw TCU. You're right, but I would say more people saw TCU than saw Kansas being a ranked team. Oh sure, yeah. So I mean, that's the, that's the thing. You go from, and then you brought up the rush defenses earlier. It's not your typical, you know. Uh, you know, the most talented teams, you're looking at Iowa State, West Virginia, Baylor. So even the teams that aren't just destroying it record-wise, they they present challenges. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to these last, uh, these last five games, man. I think we're going to have a lot of good ones and, and, and just unpredictable ones because this conference is way deeper than we even imagined. Shark says there were more KU fans in the stands Saturday than there were last year in the first half at Lawrence. That's so accurate. And, and what made me laugh about KU fans on Saturday is you could tell how long it had been since they'd been any sort of good at football because every single jersey that they were wearing were that of Todd Reesing, who I think his last year was in like 2009. All or the a basketball all, jersey. Right. Really. They were, yeah, it was all uh, Sharon Collins basketball jerseys or Todd Reesing football jerseys. It's like, come on, guys, update the wardrobe a little bit when it comes I to would football. Have my, I would have an 08 Orange Bowl. Sure, that's what, yeah. that's what I would wear. That's what I would Something. wear everywhere. Something. Oh, absolutely. But I saw most of them having national championship basketball hats and T-shirts on. It's like, can you guys at least act like you're a top 20 football team? Quit wearing Sharon Collins basketball jerseys to the football game. Yes, I know you will occasionally see an OU uh, fan wearing a football jersey at an OU basketball game. But come on, KU. You got a uh, top 20 football team as of last weekend. Quit wearing the basketball jerseys to football games. It's not that hard. How, what are your thoughts on uh, got to dress on, these people on jerseys? What are your thoughts on wearing? I jerseys? am uh, I'm not a big jersey guy. I'd like guy. to get the, I'm not I'd a like big to get the text guy. lines opinion on this as well. Um, I'll, you know, because there's there, I feel like there's a pretty loud camp that is anti-jersey, saying you know you should shouldn't wear another man's name, you know, on your back or anything like that. I mean, you could have gone with the unity uniforms because you weren't wearing a, a, another man's name there. But I'm I'm the occasional uh, you know basketball jersey at the lake guy you know kind of as a tank top or something like that but i don't think i've ever worn trying to think we gotta hit a break but i promise you we will continue this discussion later on in the show i want to get i want to get the text lines uh, opinion jersey or no jersey 405-651-3439 air coverage solutions text line more coming up next right here on the ref it's the rush we're the homeless suitor fans
It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson with you until 6 p.m. It's United Way Day here at the ref. And for as long as I've worked here, which is, golly, over 11 years now, we've had 100% participation here at the ref donating to the United Way because we all believe in, in what they do. They are one great organization. They help out so many organizations uh, across this town, across the state as well. Can't wait to tell you uh, more about what they do. And we're actually going to do that now with Jennifer Baker, who's in studio with us today. Jennifer, I'm so excited to learn more about Celebrity Sing. Can you please tell me what Celebrity Sing is, how long you've been doing it, and everything that uh, goes into helping United Way? Oh, goodness. Yeah, it's been going on quite a while and several years before I got involved. Um, this is actually my 20th year wow. to direct okay. Celebrity Sing. Can you believe it? <laughs> Do um, they make you sing on your 20th year? Oh, no, they the better deal? not. Okay. I will run. No, um, <laughs> I remember I was uh, hired at the Sooner Theater. I'm the director of the Sooner Theater. I was hired in 2003, and I think someone hit me up that first month and brought me a folder and said, hey, direct this. And basically, it's a variety show featuring community members who um, give their time and their talents to perform. And there just couldn't be a more talents fun, a little fun bit way. loose some, hey loosely now, sometimes. They are you know, they try. Talented. They are extremely talented, but not a more fun way to raise money. I'll tell you that. So this is October 28th. Doors open at 630. The show starts at 730. That's at the NCED in Norman, yes. correct? Yes, it is. And tickets are available at United Way. Um, but yeah, it's such a it's such a fun, fun time. Everyone coming together and doing something to give back to this organization that does so much for our community. Um, and I believe this is the 27th year of Celebrity Sing. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, There's it really is. There's been so really many incredible cool. people involved, and usually an event like this, you wonder how many years it has in it, but yeah. they've kept this going for 27 years? It's incredible. Purchase tickets online at unitedwaynorman.org. All right, what's one of your uh, favorite memories from Celebrity Sing? You're the perfect person to ask. 20 years? Oh, you got to have some favorite memories. Oh, well, I don't have any brain cells left. Let me see. <laughs> 20 years of this. There's been... There's been so many, but um, ah, how do I do this without, if I just name one, I don't know if I can do that, but uh, I, uh, your 20 is going to have the, your favorite yeah, moment this, ever. This will I've, have I've my got a feeling. Moment. Well, this year's show, I mean, it, it's going to be a cool organization or a cool event. Again, NCED here in Norman, unitedwaynorman.org for tickets, October 28th. Doors open at 6.30, and the show starts at 7.30. Tell me a little bit more about this year's show, okay. and what are, the, uh, what are some of the things we can expect to see? So, there's a couple of surprises, but for sure, it's an 80s-themed. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. So, the oh. audience can come dressed, and we guarantee we're going to hit some of your favorite songs from the 80s. But um, people are working hard. And matter of fact, I've already had three rehearsals today with some groups, and I was very impressed with what they were doing. So, um it's just, it's hysterical, and sometimes it's just wrong, but um, it's all fun. <laughs> it's and all, all for a great, for a cause, great too. cause, So we want you to come, and we want you to just deck out in your 80s gear. Um, listen to that. Yeah, this might be playing. You know, it's probably you going to play. You better be careful, because someone dropped out this week. They had an emergency and had to drop out, so I might need you if you want to join the Well, time. I can't sing this. David Goodspeed will beat me to it, singing oh. this, I promise you. He's a he's a big Van Halen fan. Okay, well, yeah. I might text him later. Yeah. And he's already going to be there, so we will we may have to talk to him. Jennifer, thank you so much. Hey, I sure appreciate you guys, and y'all come on out. It's going to be a great show. Hour 2 of The Rush, coming up next. Keep it locked on The Ref.